This is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 67 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. Reflection 3. The preceding history serves to confirm the doctrines of grace. For if it be allowed that there is truth, substance, or value in the main of Brainerd's religion, it will undoubtedly follow that those doctrines are divine, since it is evident that the whole of it, from beginning to end, accords with them. He was brought, by doctrines of this kind, to his awakening and deep concern about things of a spiritual and eternal nature. By these doctrines, his convictions were maintained and carried on, and his conversion was evidently altogether agreeable to them. His conversion was no confirming and perfecting of moral principles and habits by use and practice and industrious discipline, together with the concurring suggestions and conspiring aids of God's Spirit, but entirely a supernatural work at once, turning him from darkness to marvelous light and from the power of sin to the domain of divine and holy principles. It was an effect in no respect produced by his strength or labor or obtained by his virtue and not accomplished till he was first brought to a full conviction that all of his own virtue, strength, labors, and endeavors could never avail anything toward producing or procuring this effect. If ever Brainerd was truly turned from sin to God at all, or ever became truly religious, None can reasonably doubt but that his conversion was at the time when he supposed it to be. The change which he then met with was evidently the greatest moral change that he ever experienced, and he was then apparently first brought to that kind of religion, that remarkable new habit and temper of mind which he held all his life after. The narration shows it to be different in nature and kind from all of which he was ever the subject before. It was evidently wrought at once without fitting and preparing his mind by gradually convincing it more and more of the same truths and bringing it nearer and nearer to such a temper. It was soon after his mind had been remarkably full of blasphemy and a vehement exercise of sensible enmity against God and great opposition to those truths which he was now brought with his whole soul to embrace and rest in as divine and glorious truths in the contemplation and improvement of which he placed his happiness. He himself, who was surely best able to judge, declares that the dispositions and affections which were then given him, and thenceforward maintained in him, were most sensibly and certainly altogether different in their nature, from all of which he was ever the subject before, 
or of which he ever had any conception. Hence it is very evident that Brainerd's religion was the effect of the doctrines of grace applied to his heart. And certainly it cannot be denied that the effect was good unless we turn atheists or deists. I would ask whether there be any such thing in reality as Christian devotion. If there be, what is it? What is its nature? And what is its just measure? Should it not be in a great degree? We read abundantly in scripture of loving God with all the heart, with all the soul, with all the mind, and with all the strength of delighting in God, of rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. The soul magnifying the Lord, thirsting for God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. The soul breaking for the longing it hath to God's judgments, praying to God with groanings that cannot be uttered, mourning for sin with a broken heart and contrite spirit, etc. How full are the Psalms and other parts of Scripture of such things as these? Now, wherein do these things, as expressed by and appearing in Brainerd, either the things themselves or their effects and fruits, differ from the Scripture representation? To these things he was brought by that strange and wonderful transformation of the man which he called his conversion. Does not this well agree with what is so often said in the Old Testament and the New concerning giving a new heart, creating a right spirit, being renewed in the spirit of the mind, being sanctified throughout, becoming a new creature? Reflection four. Is there not much in the preceding memoirs of Brainerd to teach and excite to duty us who are called to the work of the ministry and all who are candidates for that great work? What a deep sense did he seem to have of the greatness and importance of that work and with what weight did it lie on his mind how sensible was he of his own insufficiency for this work and how great was his dependence on God's sufficiency, how solicitous that he might be fitted for it. And to this end, how much time did he spend in prayer and fasting, as well as reading and meditation, giving himself to these things? How did he dedicate his whole life all his powers and talents to God and forsake and renounce the world with all its pleasing and ensnaring enjoyments that he might be wholly at liberty to serve Christ in this work and to please him who had chosen him to be a soldier under the captain of our salvation. With what solicitude, solemnity, and diligence did he devote himself to God, our Savior, and seek his presence and blessing in secret 
at the time of his ordination? And how did his whole heart appear to be, constantly engaged, his whole time employed, and his whole strength spent in the business he then solemnly undertook and to which he was publicly set apart? His history shows us the right way to success in the work of the ministry. He sought it as a resolute soldier seeks victory in a siege or battle, or as a man who runs a race seeks a great prize. Animated with love to Christ and the souls of men, how did he labor always fervently, not only in word and doctrine, in public and private, but in prayers day and night, wrestling with God in secret and travailing in birth with unutterable groans and agonies until Christ were formed in the hearts of the people to whom he was sent. How did he thirst for a blessing on his ministry and watch for souls as one that must give account? How did he go forth in the strength of the Lord God, seeking and depending on a special influence of the Spirit to assist and succeed him? What was the happy fruit at last, though after long waiting and many dark and discouraging appearances? Like a true son of Jacob, he persevered in wrestling through all the darkness of the night until the breaking of the day. To missionaries in particular, may his example of laboring, praying, denying himself, and enduring hardness and with unfainting resolution and patience, and his faithful, vigilant, and prudent conduct in many other respects, afford instruction. This concludes episode 67 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd. <laughs>